the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Appreciate your time today, whether you're listening on 98.9 in Columbus or 94.5 in Dayton. We will talk shortly with Jack Windsor of the Ohio Press Network. Jack did a phenomenal job hosting for me what, a, week or so, a week or so ago. And I think uh, a week ago was my return to work after three days off. And uh, Jack will quite possibly be with you a day next week, still working out the details of that one. Uh, here is uh, good news, although I'm still skeptical. Uh, Nashville police said that the manifesto from Covenant Christian School shooter Audrey Hale will be released after authorities prepare it for public consumption. What does that mean? You don't have to prepare it. Just release it. (laughs) Just release it. Jack, what do you think of that? Jack Windsor, the Ohio Press Network, joins us now. What do you think of they got to prepare it for public consumption, Jack? My visceral response was BS. That was what I first thought, uh, to be v- very frank, and I hope that's not too overt. But I had the privilege of uh, the opportunity to call on the Star News Network, and the Star News Network operates uh, the Tennessee Star, uh, Michael Patrick Lay. He's the founder there. And I called him last night because they have filed a lawsuit uh, regarding uh, the Department of Justice, the FBI, mm-hmm. and the release of records. And here's what he said to me. He said the police department would love to release these records, but the FBI is stirring up every roadblock. And he said it's really simple, Jack. Uh, there was an LGBTQ person who slaughtered Christians. Mm-hmm. It's really that cut and dry. And the FBI doesn't want you to be able to prove that, so they're slow rolling this. And I said, well, wait a minute. I'm hearing that they're going to prepare them and they're going to release them. And he said, read it very carefully. Uh, preparing for what? He's like, you either release the records or you don't. He said, don't expect to see them anytime soon. So I'm taking his word on it. I think it is just, uh, you know, one of those things that will appease people for a while. And the hope is, oh, maybe we'll forget a little bit. Maybe we'll delay. Maybe we'll get sidetracked by another news story and give them another month or two months or however long they want to take. So what you're telling me, Jack Windsor, the Ohio Press Network, the theohiopressnetwork.com, is that this is yet another effort by the Democratic Party that is uh, foursquare about protecting democracy to uh, keep uh, the marketplace of ideas from having every idea and every ounce of information. The Nashville Shooters Manifesto, uh, no debates for Democratic presidential candidates. Uh, There's a lot of democracy protection going on that feels a lot like censorship to me. I don't I don't know how to follow that up, Bruce. You're spot on. I mean, the fact is we call things that are as if they aren't and things that aren't as if they are. That is the upside down world that we live in. We call things that uh, really push people to one mono way of thinking. We call that diversity Mm -hmm. and we call true diversity bigotry and hatred. So. Uh, of course, uh, we don't want to protect democracy. That's why AOC celebrates when people people like Tucker platform Tucker Carlson get quote deplatformed. Mm-hmm. There's no desire 
in the progressive. There's no desire in the left to do anything other than live in an echo chamber. And if you don't want to live in the echo chamber, then they don't care. You can sail off to Potmos if you want to. They, they don't give a rip. Jack Windsor, the Ohio Press Network, is our guest. You can follow Jack on Twitter, at Jack Windsor. Tell me about this Delaware judge who's uh, doing what the activist judge in Hamilton County did to the state's heartbeat bill. The Delaware County judge, though, is a, a good judge, in my view, who has blocked the city of Columbus from implementing its uh, attempts at gun control. How can a Delaware judge uh, rule on something that has... Uh, uh, legislative impact if they get their way in Franklin County. I guess the same way a Hamilton County judge can make everybody in the state of Ohio uh, eligible to murder babies when he's a Hamilton County Common Police Court judge and not in any of the other 87 counties in Ohio. Yeah, and so the interesting part is I think the lawsuit was filed by anonymous uh, residents. So it, it kind of blurs the lines because you could you could say, okay, well, if somebody lives in Delaware County but commutes to Franklin County to work or, or whatever, or, or even is a passerby in that community, it, is their constitutional right infringed upon? And it seems in this case, somehow, that might be the case. But Delaware County Common Pleas Judge David M. Gormley, he placed an injunction on the legislation passed by Columbus City Council in December that restricted magazines to 30 rounds and then, of course, made provisions for disposing of larger magazines. In his ruling, uh, Gormley determined that the Columbus laws are in breach of an Ohio law that, quote, declares null and void local government policies that impose any firearms-related restrictions beyond those found in state and federal law. Jack Windsor, I just want to give people a chance to hear this from someone besides me. Mm -hmm. I've been a reporter for a long time, I have had um, numerous people occasionally, when I'm going to interview them, ask me, can you pre-submit your questions? Can I have uh, the opportunity to read the piece before it runs? We had Joe Biden at the White House the other day, finally submitting to the pressure. He never asks, he never answers questions, he never faces the media. And he comes out this time not with just a list of reporters to call on which I'm uncomfortable with that, but okay, fine. You want to call in your partisan bootlicks, you, your privilege. But this time we have not just a reporter he's calling on, but we have the question or a question that was remarkably similar to the, quest, the question that the Los Angeles Times reporter asked. I just want you to explain as a journalist, have you ever, would you ever give the person you're interviewing the question or any question you're going to ask them before you ask them? No, because here's why. Uh, frankly, I didn't study journalism, but I did take a communications course, and uh, I slept at a Holiday Inn Express last yeah, night. Yeah, there you so go. So that means something, right? <laughs> no, but it, in all honesty, one of the things you learn in communication, I think that we know inherently, is that um, verbal cues or you know your your words are a very small fraction of communication. Um, you know, there's tone, there's tenor, there's pacing in your voice, there's your body language. So the whole point of a free press is to uncover lies. The whole point of a free press is to get the full story because we understand that people in elected positions have power and privilege and self-interest. And, you know, if they can pull the wool over their eyes, human nature is they, they probably will. So we're supposed to stand between that gap now. So giving somebody the, the question ahead of time to let them rehearse it is – 
just crazy. It, it completely blunts, uh, you know, the edge of communication and the whole purpose of asking a question. And by the way, it, it, it kind of dispels the opportunity. If some, if I ask a question and maybe, you know, you kind of thought that, that it was coming and you give the answer, well, maybe I know something that you don't know I know and mm-hmm. I'm going to ask a follow up and that's going to reveal the full story. So no, it, it just does an entire disservice to anybody and everybody that is the beneficiary of the conveyance of all the information. And by the way, that's the voting population of the United States. So shame on the White House. And frankly, shame on, uh, was it the L.A. Times? Yeah, the L.A. Times. It's worse on their part. It's worse on their part. I don't blame the White House for asking. This is a reflection on our media. This is the Los Angeles Times. This is such an embarrassment. This is like, this is the one thing. This is not like a thing reporters don't do. This is the thing, other than misquote someone or make up mm-hmm. something, which, by the way, the Washington Post and New York Times do that all the time, and the all LA the Times too. But the thing is, like, this is like cheating in golf. This is like <laughs> stealing. Like, you just, this is not done. It isn't. And, you know, the worst part is, and I'm going to and I'm going to partner this up and just kvetch in general about it. The worst part is the L.A. Times kind of coming back afterwards and saying, oh, by the way, that wasn't really what happened. Yeah. Well, wait, I, I see the crib notes. I see the picture. I see the phonetic pronunciation of the reporter's name. I see question number one. Come on, man. Are you really going to tell me that? But, you know, we shouldn't be surprised. John Kirby, who's now chief spokesman oh. for uh, the NSC, kind of did the same thing about a week ago when he said, you know, that disastrous troop withdrawal in 2021, he didn't see that. It wasn't disastrous. No. It wasn't chaotic. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Kirby, when you were at the Pentagon, you said that it was absolutely a crush and it was absolutely chaotic. Well, I didn't really mean it that way. I mean, this is gaslighting at its finest. It's it's incredible that, that this is where we are. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it was Trump's fault, the whole Afghan withdrawal, if you look all at the official it. report. Orange from, man bad. Yeah. Yep. It was all Donald Trump's fault. As uh, Andrew Clavin said humorously in his open to his Andrew Clavin podcast, Joe Biden takes... 100% responsibility for blaming the Afghan withdrawal on Donald Trump. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly it. Uh, by the way, uh, the former president, 45, has a uh, new nickname. He's bringing one out of mothballs. Have you heard this? I will be retiring the name Crooked from Hillary Clinton and her moniker. I'm going to retire the name Crooked so that we can use the name for Joe Biden because he'll be known from now on as Crooked Joe Biden. There you go. You're ready for the next the the next that's that works a lot better than Meatball Ron or uh Ron DeSanctimonious. I think Crooked Joe works. Yeah, you've got you know you had Shoeless Joe Jackson back yeah. in the day and now you have Crooked Joe Biden. It sounds better than Sleepy Joe. So that is a you know that's going to be a good punching bag for the right you know heading into the general election. Yeah, good news. Uh, Sleepy Joe, Feckless Joe, <laughs> they all work. Jack they all always work because they're all relevant and accurate. Yeah, they're all relevant and accurate, which you know that has a place in Republican politics and authentic reporting, but nowhere in the Democratic Party. Great to have you on. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Bruce. So thanks to Jack Windsor for joining us. Jack's uh, uh, a great guy, wonderful reporter, and uh, truth teller. But you can't be the first two without being the last one. And I referenced in my conversation with Jack uh, a funny line from Andrew Andrew Clavin of the Daily Wire. 
about Joe Biden's, it was pre-Easter. I know exactly when it was. It was the Friday before Easter. Now, you may have heard the term Friday news dump, right? The Friday news dump is exactly that. You dump big news on Friday afternoon because everybody's getting ready for their weekend, and then Saturday comes and Sunday comes, and by then there'll be other headlines, and you bury significant news Friday afternoon. It's a Friday afternoon news dump. Well, the Friday afternoon before Easter, Good Friday, the Biden administration came out with their definitive report on what really happened in Afghanistan. There were a lot of people like, hey, you know, this was a disaster. What happened over there? And the Biden administration came out with their report, and wouldn't you know, the, the, the whole Afghanistan withdrawal, the feckless withdrawal, giving up Bagram Air Force Base, a secure Air Force Base out in the middle of the desert where we could defend any kind of onslaught. That decision, leaving $80 billion in military equipment, getting 13 American service personnel blown up at Harmat Kazai Airport in Kabul, all of that was the fault of Donald Trump. That was really the thrust of the Biden report, which was a lie and laughable and fodder for Andrew Clavin to make sport of. The Biden administration has issued its final report on Biden's disastrous surrender in Afghanistan. The report says the Biden decisions that led to the Biden plan that created the Biden catastrophe are the fault of Donald Trump. To show the administration was taking full responsibility for the Biden disaster caused by Trump, the report was thrown out of a speeding car in a brown paper bag on the Friday night before Easter weekend while Joe Biden snuck out of the White House and jumped on a helicopter to Camp David. Fortunately, Defense Department spokesman John Kirby was left behind to take reporters' questions, although Kirby only became available after chasing Biden's helicopter for half an hour, shouting, come back, please don't leave me behind, to take reporters' questions. The report, written by the late comedian John Belushi, gives a new inside look at the intense war room conferences in which Joe Biden and his advisors designed a plan that would lead to chaos, death and global disorder because of Donald Trump. When reporters asked defense spokesman John Kirby why any of this was Donald Trump's fault, Kirby said, quote, I can't answer that question right now because I'm too out of breath from chasing Biden's helicopter and begging him not to leave me here to answer that question right now, unquote. White House spokeswoman Corrine Jean Identity Hire did respond to reporters' questions, <laughs> saying, quote, this president takes full responsibility for blaming Donald Trump. Now it's time to leave the past in the rearview mirror and stop even looking in the rearview mirror, but instead look to the future where China is conquering Taiwan. So let's stop looking to the future also and just close our eyes and drive blindly until we hit a tree, which will be Donald Trump's fault, unquote. In other news, the Democrat National Committee has announced it will showcase Democrat policies by holding their next convention in the ruins of the crime-ridden Democrat-run city of Chicago, a decision they blamed on Donald Trump. Yeah, that is well said. And the reason why it is well said is because every great joke has what? An element of truth. It has an element of truth. And that commentary is laced with truth. How ridiculous is it? That Joe Biden, who has made it his mission to undo, to eradicate, to erase, to change every single Donald Trump policy, every single one, border, domestic energy, economic policy, international policy, relations with Russia, every single policy, 
that Donald Trump used to make America prosperous, Joe Biden has erased it. But Donald Trump left binding, restrictive, cumbersome plans for an Afghan withdrawal eight months after Biden took office that Biden could not change? To suggest so is inane on one level, but also deplorably, sickeningly dishonest on another. Does Joe Biden have a sign on his desk, unlike his Democratic predecessor, Harry Truman, that in Biden's case, the sign says, the buck stops over there, pointing toward Mar-a-Lago? Andrew Clavin's most brilliant statement in that satire about blaming the Afghan withdrawal on Trump was his reference to John Belushi, the late comedian, writing seemingly the Biden blame game on Donald Trump. I ran out of gas. I had a flat tire. I didn't have enough money for cab fare. My tux didn't come back from the cleaners. An old friend came in from out of town. Someone stole my car. There was an earthquake. A terrible flood. Locust. It wasn't my fault, I swear to God. Now that is from the Blues Brothers. And Belushi left out, the sun was in my eyes. There was a rock in my shoe. The dog ate my homework. I'm shocked Biden didn't include those in his blaming of Trump for the Afghan withdrawal. And this guy wants to be the leader of the free world for four more years beyond 2024, a date which I would not give him better than a 50-50 chance of surviving. I literally mean that. Nikki Haley made some reference to it the other day. Do we even know if he's going to be able to run in 24? And look... People who are Joe Biden's age die at an astronomically higher rate than people who are much younger. And there are many much younger candidates for president than Joe Biden. It is really astounding, is it not, that the Democrats didn't want to run Joe Biden for president in 2016 Yet because Hillary Clinton was such a bad candidate, they were left with no other alternative in 2020. And now, having seen what a terrible job he's done, they're left with no one else even two years in the future. This would be like having a pitching staff with everyone's earned run average over 10 and having the first pick in the MLB draft and picking an outfielder. Oh, our pitching is just fine. Ten runs a game. We should be able to survive that. We can survive that a lot easier than we can survive another year, another day of Joe Biden. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.